Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. And I also frame my entire life around the movies that I watch and broadcast it to the internet. Alright, first things first, we're getting right into it. I'm going to talk about D23. Uh, so in case you don't know, D23 is the Disney Expo. It's like Comic-Con, but just for Disney. So they do a lot of big announcements there. Uh, among the things that... Uh, were talked about was, I don't know, probably some stuff with, like, their upcoming Pixar movies. I know there was stuff about, uh, additions to Disneyland. Uh, I'm not really gonna focus on that. I got two things I wanna focus on. Marvel and Star Wars. Let's get the Star Wars stuff out of the way, because it's just, it's what I care the least about. Um, second only to the, the amusement parks. Man, I feel like I got into this really quickly. It's not often that I... I'm like in it. I'm like talking about the topic within a minute of the of the recording starting. Are you guys okay? Are you worried about me? I'm a little worried about me. I don't know what's what's going on. This podcast can't be fast paced. Um. Okay. So there was a poster for the Last Jedi. It looks cool enough. There was some footage shown as well that sounded pretty cool. Uh, I guess C3PO has red eyes. There's. A uh, quick shot of Ray in a black cloak with a double-sided red lightsaber. So, uh, yeah, I mean, take that as you will. They're probably both just visions. That's what I would, uh, I would assume. And they might be real, but I doubt it. Um, I'm not really looking forward to this movie. I, I don't know. I don't particularly care for the more recent Star Wars movies, and nor do I really care for Star Wars on the whole. Uh, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but uh, I think it's okay. I really don't know if it's anything to write home about. Um, I prefer a lot of other sci-fi stories with better characters. Anyway, um, I did think, though, that, um, the Mandalorian trailer looked interesting. There were some, uh, there's some pretty cool shots, a lot of cool action beats. It has a really cool atmosphere. Uh, just, you know, the opening shots with the stormtrooper helmets and then some of the, some of those wide shots where they're flying across the planet. Um, those looked really cool. I love that this looks like, a like the most prestige of prestige format television. Like, this straight up just could be a movie. Like, it really does just look like a movie. I'm pretty sure they brought in separate animation teams to help, like, fully flesh out a lot of those wide shots that I was just talking about, and I know a lot of this, they also brought in model makers to help enhance the realism. I guess they're really trying to encapsulate the uh, original batch of Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, that aesthetic and that feel. Uh, I know John Favreau said that he loves all eras of Star Wars, so that's why there's inclusions and tie-ins from all all films in the saga even some of the less popular ones but it does seem that purely on a on a superficial level it does look like it's the most closely related to the the first couple the first three so that looks really cool they did a really good job of recapturing that and i'm excited to to see how that plays out uh as for actual story, I'm thinking just, oh no, we're, we're chasing bounties, and then all of a sudden, something else happens. But uh, but all the costumes look cool, the effects look great, uh, the guy potentially being chopped in half by a door looks really cool. 
I don't know, that's just a cool kill. Carbonite freezing chamber looks cool. Um, the robot that can shoot in all directions, that's also cool. Death Troopers make an appearance in this trailer, and I really like those designs, so that all looks cool. I don't really know what to say. I mean, there's not a lot of substantial things. I'm sure a lot of other people could delve into hours worth of theories about this, like, less than two minutes of footage, but I don't know Star Wars well enough for that, nor should I. Uh, and, um, so I guess, yeah, I can't really say much more than it looks cool, which it does. I think I might actually watch this probably with my, my friend who's a much bigger Star Wars fan, but, um, so I was sort of of two minds about whether or not I'd wanted to want the TV shows, the Disney Plus original TV shows to drop all at once, or if I'd want them to be week by week, because on one hand, I think week by week for me is much more manageable because it's not like, oh, I want to watch this show. I have to catch up on 15 to 20 episodes before I'm current on it, which to me is very intimidating. I know a lot of people are like, yes, binging. I'm like, I ain't got that kind of time. I don't really want to sit there and just watch a TV show for 20 hours. So I think that it's more manageable that way. And it could also even create sort of a pseudo tradition if like, uh, every weekend, like maybe every Friday after school or every Saturday night or something like that, we could we could watch the latest episode. I think that would be really fun. But on, on the other hand, were I to adopt this model of watching it with my friend, who's much more into not only Star Wars but also TV shows, um, I feel like maybe if it was if it all dropped at once, it's more of that like stay in all day, get a bunch of food, and just like power through it and that would definitely keep me engaged more if I have someone else who who wants to watch you know wants to engage with the show that way so I'm I was kind of split on it but it seems like at least with the Mandalorian it'll be week by week uh so that that makes me happy either way I think it's it's gonna be it's all gonna be really cool uh I I do I do wonder if it'll be kind of like Netflix where some of them drop all at once and some of them uh, some of them go week by week. Uh, certainly the roster of titles will be broad enough that they could definitely vary up the their business model depending on the show. So, yeah, I think that'll all be really cool. It'll be a while till we see any other Disney Plus original TV shows, uh, which I'm, was, I'm a little disappointed about. I, I get that Star Wars is a big draw for more people probably than Marvel is, but to be honest, I'd rather see any of the Marvel shows except for Loki first. Like, I'd so much rather see, like, What If or something like that, but but yeah, I'm, I am still excited for this, and I think it bodes well for the Disney Plus original content. I'm really excited to see it. Uh, and then speaking of, of What If and Marvel shows, so uh, among other things, there was, there was some... Um, descriptions of footage from the what if trailer which also sounds really really cool this is uh, i think i said this on a previous previous episode but until now uh but but previously this was what i was most anticipating of that batch of phase four disney plus tv shows from marvel i think concepts uh like that are pretty straightforward but then you put a little twist on them and then you see how that affects story at large I think that's really interesting and I'd love to delve into that uh over a 23 episode season especially if it's animated I got mad respect for animation and I love seeing 
uh, like a translation, just a different interpretation of something that was once live action and then it's become animated. I think that's really cool. The stills that uh, that I saw from it look really cool. The Peggy Carter, Captain Britain, that whole deal, that looks really awesome. Uh, I heard about potential of Cat being a zombie. Um, and there was one... Oh, yeah, 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 Star-Lord being black. Uh, with that one, I wonder if maybe instead of being picked up by the Ravagers, he was picked up by... Uh, the the Kree soldiers or something, but although that wouldn't really under- explain why he's not um not a not a white dude, uh, because I, I was I guess what I was thinking was like, oh maybe he's the Digimon Hansu's character or however you say that dude's name, uh the the guy, with the with the thing in his head that gets crushed in the fight at the end. He's one of Ronin's soldiers and he's like, he's one of the first ones to talk to Star Lord and he's like. Who? He's like, Star-Lord, man. That guy? Uh, if any of that's ringing a bell, I was wondering if it might be him. So maybe he gets picked up by a different race of, of aliens. And then we see how that would change like his mission and stuff. But um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that would fully explain uh, the racial component. So I don't know. It's, it, sounds, it all sounds really cool. Maybe somebody like Rhodey or Falcon got picked up instead of Peter Quill. I don't know. Uh, it would. It, it all sounds really cool, and I am super excited to see it, uh, regardless of how it goes. So, yeah, that sounds really cool, and I like the what we can see of the animation. Uh, I wonder if that's the animation for just this one, and maybe other ones will have a different style, depending on the story that's being told. Uh, that remains to be seen, but... From everything we've seen and everything we've heard, I think that all looks really cool. Uh, same thing with uh, with some other Disney Plus TV shows. Um, there was the first poster for Captain America and the or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I keep getting that mixed up, but um, but yeah, I liked that poster. I liked the they both have new costumes, and I like both of those costumes. And uh, I really liked the WandaVision poster if only for just the aesthetic that it invokes, the, like, the Pleasantville-esque kind of 50s sitcom kind of thing. I think Tom King's version of Vision kind of solidified that particular, I was going to say Vision, uh, sure, why not? Vision of Vision, that, that's, like, my vision of the character Vision, like, that, just like I said, 50s Pleasantville, that kind of thing, like, the way that looks um, I think that that really translates in just this one still image. So if the rest of the show is like that, and I guess they were talking about pacing, maybe it starts off a little small and then eventually gets super weird. All of that sounds really great to me. Uh, and besides that title, I'm still really excited for this. So, and then, yeah, there was a lot of stuff with, with Black Widow. There was four seconds of footage leaked, uh, that was kind of lame. I mean, not making a judgment on the film at all, but, like, I mean, more lame of the person who got it. Apparently, right when the truck crashes, which is the end of this four-second snippet that we can access now, uh, is when you see Taskmaster. 
So, like, just keep it recording for, like, at least another four seconds or something, man. Come on. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's what I'd like to see. I've already seen Black Widow fight someone in a room. Like, whatever. But, it, but yeah, it, it does look really cool. Uh, as do the posters and both new costumes. The White Widow costume was interesting. I would not have seen that coming. Nor would I have seen the, uh, it's kind of like a Y on the front and back, sort of. Like a Y of gray, like a Y shape. And then, like, the rest is black. And there's, you know, some ambient lines here and there. Uh, I really like that suit, too. I find it, like, kind of weird that she would have a that suit and then suit that she has in uh what would that be I guess it'd be Infinity War because I think this takes place after Civil War I'm pretty sure I'm not totally sure but I think it's funny that retroactively it's like I got this brand new costume and then I got another brand new costume and then I got another brand new costume just by the nature of like going back and filling in um like missed time i just think that's funny it's not really a nitpick or or any real criticism just something i picked up on and then uh there's a little little glimpse of um crimson defender crimson something i don't know david david harbour's character i think that's david harbour's character and it sort of it almost looks like the flash at least the profile view does uh kind of a red mask with like it's a kind of moves to a point under the eyes uh that looks really cool i'd love to see another new costumed hero enter the marvel universe uh i don't think that i got the name right so if you go to google that i don't know if that's correct i keep wanting to say crimson dynamo but that's an iron man villain that doesn't have anything to do with black widow so but yeah just look up black widow concept art if you don't know what i'm talking about it's it looks all it all looks pretty cool uh, and then, yeah, so the big stuff that I really, really wanted to talk about was, oh, shoot, actually, hold on, I want to save the best for last, I also did see the, like, the tutorial, or whatever, it's like 20 minutes of Avengers footage, it looks like it handles pretty smooth, uh, I like the designs at first, I think, but I, in, in contrast to a lot of other people, uh, it seems to be growing on them, it's kind of denigrating for me, I'm not sure why, but... I think when I saw the Cap costume at first, I liked it a lot better, uh, and the Black Widow design, I think it's cool, but it's kind of at a place in the world uh, that they created. Thor also seems like that, but that makes more sense, because he's not from the planet, so it doesn't, he doesn't necessarily have to adapt as quickly, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, but I'm hoping, what am I saying? I don't know. I'm never going to get this game. I don't have any console that would run it. But for other people's sake, I'm hoping there's a uh, a way you can play in more classic traditional costumes that look better. But but yeah, it all looks really good, and it looks like it plays smooth. Uh, I I think this game will be pretty good if Spider-Man is any indication. I know that is n- that's not the same company, it's not the same developers, but uh, it's possible that they just have a general handle on the direction that Marvel games should go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that all looks pretty cool. I feel like I haven't been ex- as excited as I should be during this episode. I don't know. You get different tones from me in every episode. Sometimes I'm crazy and zany and all over the place, and sometimes I'm trying to be more straightforward and to the point, you know? Yeah, you get it. All right, let's move right along. So what I really wanted to talk about, 
Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight shows all got announced, plus Black Panther 2, plus some concept art from Eternals. That looks cool. Obviously, there is going to be a Black Panther 2. Obviously, there's going to be concept art for Eternals, by extension. But, uh, but that's really not the main attraction for me. These shows sound awesome. Uh, I'm not super keen on She-Hulk, but only because I don't know much about the character. I know in certain interpretations she doesn't change between um, being Jennifer... Oh, I don't remember her last name. But from being her human self and her Hulk self, uh, I know she is a lawyer. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's similar to Deadpool in that she knows she's in a comic. So if they do play on all three of those things, I think that would be a really, really interesting show. Um, maybe if she gets the powers after Hulk and she's like, oh, well, I see how it works out for him. If I don't have to change, then I'm not going to. And then she just is, it's like Law and Order, Hulk, like, yeah, yeah, Hulk edition. And, um, and then maybe you get in a kind of interesting comedic element if she's breaking the fourth wall from time to time. I think that would be really cool. Um, I think all of that kind of breaks up the monotony of, of maybe some of the, the Marvel shows, uh, so I think that's all really cool. I definitely need to read some more stories of hers because I really don't know much about her. Uh, so I um, can't be super excited because I just don't know what I'm being excited for. Uh, I don't really have a taste for that. Moon Knight, on the other hand, I do. Uh, and this, again, monotonous. Uh, I, I don't toss it around a lot, but I know that is a danger no, certainly for me, there's certain Marvel shows that have been announced where I'm like, eh, I could maybe skip that. Something like Loki or or even Captain America. Or, God dang it, I did it again. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier to a certain extent. Um, I'm not super excited for it. Although, I didn't mention this earlier. I, I forgot to, but I guess uh, Kit Harrington just got cast as USA agent. And that actually piqued my interest a little bit. Uh He's not someone I've been, like, clamoring to see, but for maybe, a like, a spy sort of espionage show that deals with, like, the fallout of Captain America's, um, his death and, like, transferring the mantle, I think that would be really cool. Maybe it's almost like a Marvel version, Captain America version of Battle for the Cal, where it's a bunch of people kind of racing to take up the mantle of Captain America. Uh, I think that would all be really interesting, so... So yeah, that definitely made me more excited. So I think the more they announce, the less I become disenfranchised with this whole thing, and the more excited I get. I, like, I might actually get Disney+, Plus. I've moved from being like, I don't know if I really want to, to being like, uh, I think I think that would be a good investment. But, um, but yeah, going back to Moon Knight, uh, so in case you don't know, this is Mark Spector. He is a mercenary and he ends up doing a job in Egypt. He is uh he's killed by his by his comrades for I think helping like innocent people, but I guess they're like quote unquote the enemy, at least to this group of mercenaries. He is visited by uh the Egyptian moon god who's like, I'll give you new life, but you have to be like my warrior, you have to fight for good. So he does, but he also has I can't remember if he had this before he died or if this is a result of, like, magic mixed with, like, um, with, like, coming back 
from the from the dead but uh, but he's like possibly schizophrenic and he has multiple personality disorder so he's got a personality that's like basically Bruce Wayne he's got Moon Knight and he's got him his regular self uh, and then he's got a uh, taxi driver like street informant kind of guy uh, so he's got all these three personas and then because of the way he is kind of slowly going crazy it's unclear if this whole thing with the moon god actually ever happened like it might just be he came like he was never dead and he just kind of snapped whatever happened to him it it really messed him up and it's sent him down this crazy path where he thinks he's got this like mythical mission but maybe that never actually happened so all of this i think sets up really interesting dramatic conflict for uh, a tv show and that's definitely something that you could explore better over a long form story than just uh, one movie so i'm really glad that this will be a tv show uh, i'm hoping that it'll it'll be kind of in the vein of daredevil i know after daredevil on netflix came out a lot of people were asking for a netflix moon knight show uh, i'm glad that never happened though in a way because it, it would have been kept out of the mcu probably and uh it would have been it probably wouldn't have been like very costumey or very uh like very colorful and certainly this isn't a character that really needs that that level of um like it, it doesn't need to be super vibrant or anything it can be darker but i think that the juxtaposition of an all-white costume against like you know, like, dark elements, like, literally and metaphorically, like, dark elements of society and dark elements of, like, your psyche, uh, versus, like, an actually dark, uh, dark show, uh, I think that would be really cool, and I feel like maybe if it was on Netflix, he, like, doesn't even have a costume, probably, I don't know, I don't usually get super uptight about costumes, but this is like one instance where it just becomes annoying that Luke Cage just wears a sweatshirt over a yellow shirt. Like, just just take it off. It's fine. Like, like we just want to see the yellow shirt. That's like all we're asking for. Or like, like I can't put on a bandana and look even remotely like Iron Fist because that'd be stupid. So I'll just wear a jacket. Like, I don't, that's not interesting. Like. I think it's a superhero show. Come on. So I'm I'm glad that this likely means it will be more comic book, com- yeah, comic booky. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about all that. The story, the potential for character building. Uh, aside from Keanu Reeves, I have no idea who you would cast. An unknown TV star plucked out of obscurity would probably work just as well. But um. But yeah, I'm excited for all of this. Get some get some really good action directors in to, to come in and work on a couple episodes during the season. Get some really strong action in, some really cool visuals, strong character. All of this, I think this is shaping up to be a really cool show. Uh, I am glad they're moving forward with, word with this. But of all the announcements of Phase 4, more than Blade, more than Thor... More than any of the TV shows, I am so ungodly excited about Miss Marvel. Now, I don't think I've ever touched on this on the podcast before, but Miss Marvel is my second favorite Marvel character behind only Spider Man. I love Miss Marvel. I fucking love Miss Marvel so much. I remember the first volume of hers, 
It had been recommended on a podcast, and every Marvel comic I would get, I would see an ad for it. It's called No Normal. It's the first volume of Miss Marvel, of her solo series. And, like, the art was kind of weird, and I know when I'd flipped through it before, I was like, eh, I don't really know if I want to do that. And, and I, but it was being hailed. I was like, this is so well written, and it's very important, you see, because because diversity and stuff and I was like I don't really know how I'm feeling about all this plus I don't know much about Captain Marvel I don't know if I need to jump into it like a legacy character but then one day I don't even know why I just was like you know what whatever I'll take the plunge and I did and there's a certain feeling that I get and it's very few times it's a very specific feeling I'm sure like a lot of other heavy readers get this too where there's like there's a specific book that's like an electrifying feeling when you read it and you're like, oh my god, I need more of this. Is there a series? Oh my god, there is. I need to get every book and I need to read it today, right now. And that was basically what I was saying. We had to go somewhere and I'm just like reading this, like half tying my shoes, half reading this. And I'm like, mom, can we go to the library? I need to check all the other ones out. And then pretty quickly I got um, I got all the other volumes, and then I bought them, and then I started collecting the series monthly, and I remember one time I wasn't super keen on the story, so I dropped off, and then, like, a week later, I was like, I went back on, I miss Miss Marvel, I need some more Miss Marvel, so, yeah, and to this day, I think I'm only missing, like, one, one or two issues, because just recently, they switched creative teams and started the magnificent Miss Marvel, which I don't like as much, at least the first arc, so I stopped. Uh, I stopped buying it. If, if the next arc looks different, and more interesting, I might go back and collect that and trade. But, uh, but yeah, so I have like all of Miss Marvel, all of it on my shelf. It takes like up like half of, of a whole shelf in my comic collection, and I couldn't be prouder, man. I love Miss Marvel and. I don't know why, it's just something about it resonates with me so so strongly. I love the visual gags and the artwork. I love the the realistic teenage dialogue. I love how fast-paced it is and how many interesting characters are jammed in like to this story. And I love just how it introduces an original character with really relatable struggles and an interesting worldview. And she inhabits a new part of the Marvel Universe and deals with a lot of threats that we're not familiar with and the way she feels and the experiences that she goes through throughout the series and how she changes as it goes that's very important as well because she's one of the few characters that hasn't been hard reset like there's there's an arc it's pretty recent it might have been I feel like it was one year ago but I everything that I feel like is one year ago is Usually, like, actually, that was two to three years ago. So I'm going to play it safe and say it was probably two years ago. There was an arc um, that started where, after everything she's been through, she has this really, uh, like, kind of breaking point battle in a forest where she totally loses everything, uh, and she fails to stop the bad guy. And I feel like maybe somebody else does and, and um, gets all the credit, and even though she had an, an active effort in it, uh, something like that, and she just decides, you know what, to hell with it, I am gonna go visit my family in Karachi, so she leaves, uh, leaves Jersey City, goes all the way, you know, overseas, visits her family, and she's, and she's meeting all these new people, and, and falling back in with her family, and then eventually, you know, she has the call of responsibility, 
uh, and and she has to get back into being a hero. So she kind of makes a makeshift costume and goes out that night, uh, and then meets a new hero who kind of teaches her new things about everything. And she goes back to Jersey City eventually, with a renewed sense of heroism. And it's a small arc. It's really not that long, and it, overall, it doesn't really impact the series very much, especially now after they've switched to a new creative team. But still, it was it was so cool to see, and it's. And it's like an example of long-form story that because they have had the, for the most part, the same creative team and a very strong handle on where this character should go, she evolves and grows and changes over time. And that's what a lot of the, the best, like, image superhero titles do. Something like Invincible, where, like, it actually evolves the character's methods and uh, opinions about the world and stuff over time, in contrast to someone like Batman, who has been around for 80 years and still refuses to kill the Joker. And yes, it is a very strong character choice, but it's not like there was ever a story that it really explores what would happen were he to do that. There probably is. I just haven't read it, or it's not, you know, it's not a big thing. It didn't have lasting impacts, you know? Uh, like, you don't see, because realistically, no one, maybe Superman would, but no one would really be able to maintain the same, uh, the same characteristics and stay and same, uh, like personality and methods over time. Because especially something as traumatic as being a superhero, that would weather you and change you if you did it for years. Like realistically, it would, uh, just like being a policeman would or something. But this is even on a new thing because like you're facing threats from other planets and like magic and and time travel and all kinds of crazy stuff so i love that miss marvel is a character that's malleable enough to go through changes as the as the story evolves and as more challenges are thrown at her and how she can see some of her heroes be become as people that she doesn't want to associate with and, and how she has to kind of go out on her own and, and shift opinions and admit she was wrong on things. A lot of this series, it, it's, it just resonates so strong and it's so well written and it's, oh, it's amazing. I feel like I'm droning on about it, but I hope that I've sold you and you go out and buy No Normal, like now. Pause the podcast, but I'll wait, do it right now. Just do yourself a favor. I guarantee you will love it. And then let's talk about it because it's amazing. All that to say... Oh my god, I was so excited for this because I know there were rumors about a movie for a while and I think almost all superheroes work better in TV shows just because long-form story, despite what I said about how a lot of times it doesn't have lasting impacts, still there's runs, there's very long arcs, you know, there's stuff that you just can't possibly cover in one movie. So something more serialized, something like a TV show, uh you know, that's kind of bred into a lot of superheroes' DNA just because of the medium that they are born into. So I think that this is a great choice, especially for this character who has such a rich, rich history and, and, you know, such an amazing world that she inhabits. I'm so, like, so excited and so happy that she is getting her own TV show instead of just a series of movies because inherently... You can do more in a TV show than you ever can in a movie. So I think that she will be done the most justice possible 
in a TV show, and especially if it has a budget comparable to something like The Mandalorian, if it looks that good, if it looks like a Marvel movie, oh my god, everything. Oh, it look, it sounds so awesome. Uh, and the writer, I don't remember what she's written, uh, but she sounds really cool. It sounds like she's got a pretty unique voice, and I'm really excited to see what she brings to this show. So, this, of everything in Phase 4, I am the most excited for it, and I cannot wait to watch this. This will be like a day one thing. Get out of my way. I know I said I'd watch you watch this with you, but I can't. I have to watch this like the second that it comes out. Oh, I am so excited. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Whew. All right. So, a few other things. Uh, I took two trips uh, in between the last episode and this one. One of those trips was to my Aunt Rachel's house. Uh, I love my Aunt Rachel's house. And my Aunt Rachel, of course. Shout out to my Aunt Rachel. She, uh, she lives in Tyrone, which is about a, about 20 minutes to a half an hour outside of both Altoona and State College in Pennsylvania. So it's kind of like halfway in between both. There's not a ton to do actually in her town. Um, there used to be one of the last remaining video stores in like the entire world. Um, it's called Silver Screen Video. It was just down the block. Uh, you could, you went up to the stop sign, turn left, and like, like I said, just went down a block, and it was right there, uh, it was, it was awesome, and it just recently closed down, it's a goodwill now, and it's fine, it's cool, obviously, helping people is great, but every time we drive by, just a little tinge of sadness that you covered up that silver screen video sign with a, with goodwill and Times New Roman on neon yellow paper, but, uh, but yeah, that was awesome. That was a huge draw of the town. And then, yeah, it's just a very, it's very nice. It's very homey. The little coffee shops and antique shops and just nice things around in the quote-unquote downtown area. There's a hardware store, a little grocery store, uh, and candy slash ice cream shop. Just all around. It's a really cute t- uh, town. It's like the epitome of Pennsylvania. Uh, and I love spending time up there. It's just really cool. Uh, and a train runs through every night, and that's really cool to, like, listen to as you fall asleep. I just, I love it. I love the vibe. It's really fun to be up there. Uh, we did some, we did some new things. We tried to branch out this time. I, I think I've only ever been ice skating, like, one other time in my entire life. And maybe twice. I'm not sure. But I, I was n- never good at it. Nor was I ever good at roller skating or blading. I remember very vividly sitting out uh, a rollerblading thing that we did in, like, third grade. And everyone was like, come on, come on. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I was so, so scared. And I wonder if part of that might have been because, like, I wasn't a super balanced child. Like, I was never very graceful. Still still not, but I'm at least a little bit better. I mean, I can do, like, a backflip and stuff and, you know, just, like, and yes, on the ground, not just on the trampoline. Backflip on the on the ground, uh, side flip on the ground. I can do a lot of cooler gymnastic stuff. So I've certainly gained a lot of balance and body control just as I've gotten older and learned uh, more like cool gymnastics-y stuff. So I was like, okay, I feel more comfortable that I could probably ice skate and not like fall on my face. 
Funny enough, I did fall on my face, but it wasn't because I fell over, like, just kind of naturally, like I slipped or something. I hit my toe pick, and that sent me straight onto the ground. But it was only one other time that I fell, aside from that. So the whole time, we skated for, like, 45 minutes, and I only fell twice. And I was super proud of myself because it's definitely been, like, a decade, or maybe just a little bit under a decade since I last went skating. Uh, and I think I picked it up pretty quick, and it was really, really fun. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun, and then we went bowling. It was also a lot of fun. We went to the mall. Um, oh, I feel like we. Oh yeah, we just kind of spent the the afternoon in downtown State College. Uh, I went to the comic book store, which is uh, a tradition. We got some Chinese, which was awesome. I left my comics in the Chinese store. Store you idiot, in the Chinese restaurant, uh, and I had, we had to go back and get him, uh, but yeah, that was all really fun, and, and yeah, it was really, really cool, I, I love to be up there, like I said, and this trip did not disappoint, you know, it did, though, the Outsiders, we, we watched a movie, so I was there two nights, three days, and we, we watched a movie, both nights. Uh, the first night we watched Edward Scissorhands, but I didn't want to talk about that first because it was just a more clean segue uh, to say about disappointments, and that's certainly what The Outsiders was. I was expecting a classic film kind of in the vein of Stand By Me, and I think this was... Look, it's certainly not the worst 80s movie that I've ever seen, but um, it's definitely down there. I wouldn't really want to watch it again. Uh, I guess there's an extended cut called The Complete Novel that is much better, which I would certainly hope so, because it's not like I could get that much worse. Uh, it's not incompetent. There's a lot of really nice shots, but um, just the way it's structured and like the way that you meet characters in that you barely meet any of them, and then the emotional quote-unquote payoffs towards the end of the movie, it's completely unearned, seeing as you barely spent any time with the vast majority of these people. The performances are pretty hit and miss. Uh, Some of them are really good. Some of them uh, have their moments and kind of go up and down. And then some of them are just straight up bad. There's a lot of moments um, I just, yeah, kind of, just kind of cringed at. Uh, It is really cool to see this who's who of, like, um, of actors that went on to be much bigger stars. Like, uh, like there's Tom Cruise is in this movie. Um. Ralph Macchio, some other people that I can't remember, Matt Dillon, (laughs) but yeah, it's just kind of goofy, and it's a goofy thing that's not really charming, it's just kind of weird and poorly written, Uh, like like stuff like the superimposed blood splash, when, uh, when they kill that one member of the, the Soch's uh, and that kind of stuff, and and just generally like the way that it's all structured, like, uh, I don't know, like that you, it's definitely meant when they're out in the country to play up a contrast between the country and, you know, like the the way whatever town they live in, like whatever town or or city that they live in, where you know there's all this violence and and stuff, and I think that. That would have worked better had we spent more time in the town, but as it is, we barely spend any, and uh, the Sosha's dead pretty quick, and then everything just gets kicked into gear, I think, way too fast. You barely spend any time with most of these characters. Uh, I couldn't even 
name any of them off the top of my head. And, and yeah, it's just, I don't know, it didn't, it did not play for me uh, on pretty much any level. Some of the shots, I will admit, were really good, like the upside down um, view of them in the, in the little pond. I think that was really cool. How it's sort of a funhouse mirror reflection of yourself because they kind of have disguises, some of the worst ever, but disguises nonetheless, so you don't recognize yourself. I like the symbolism there. Uh, the, the shots in the sunset were really cool. When you first the you first like see the dead body and everything and and the aftermath of the the killing, I think that's all really well done. The the shot that kind of turns with, um with with him as he sits up and, and sees Ralph Macchio like kind of looking down at his hands I think that's a really good shot uh the way Ralph Macchio is framed in the foreground while in the background out of focus you can see the body I think all, all that was really well done so this certainly does have moments of really good direction but I think there's also a lot of really bad performances and it's just a very poorly written movie in terms of construction and actual dialogue as well so so yeah, I was definitely pretty let down by this movie, but um, but yeah, Stand By Me is really good. I know I mentioned that kind of briefly, but definitely go watch Stand By Me before you check out The Outsiders. Although I will admit it did make me want to check out the book, because uh, I'm sure the book is better. It always is. Uh, Alright, and then really briefly, Edward Scissorhands. Um, just a really quick, super, super quick review of this. I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, I know I keep mentioning aesthetics, like, take a drink every time I said aesthetic during this episode, and you'll probably be lightly buzzed, uh, right about now, but, uh, I did like the aesthetic for this movie, I love the harsh contrast between Edward's world and the, the blank slate kind of monochromatic thing that is suburbia, and this really calculated denigration of, like, the suburbs, and that type of culture and those types of, of people I think that was all really interesting in the way you get to visually understand in only a few shots the entire view like Tim Burton's opinions and like the way he looks at that world and kind of how he sees himself as totally separate from it I think that was really really cool and there's a lot of really great examples of visual storytelling in this movie and the production design was also really cool the makeup is obviously really really good and uh and i thought all the performances were also awesome they definitely fit the characters really really well uh the only two complaints i really had were were i think i anthony michael hall goes from kind of zero to crazy really quickly and i don't know if that was necessarily as well uh well written as it could have been uh, nor was uh, Edward and Winona Ryder's romance. I don't think that I really understand why they fell for each other at all. It seemed like he was crushing on her pretty hard, but that for the most part she was disgusted with him, but then eventually kind of grows to more pity him than actually be into him. But it's still a really nice ending, and it still feels earned and feels right for the movie, despite it actually, I don't think the movie does an adequate job of of explaining their romance uh but it's still it's still a very nice ending and very rewarding as a viewer and then uh oh yeah one more thing 
when he tackles the little kid to get him out of the way of the of the car and then the way he like accidentally cuts him trying to see if he's okay that i get but why do you keep moving your hands like and he just keeps moving his hands up and down and like side to side like what what are you doing as soon as you see that you've cut his face just stand up like what are you doing it's not like he's like fighting back people or i don't even know like what it looks like it kind of looks like he's trying to cut him it was really like just really awkwardly staged and probably could have done with another take but whatever that's just one moment isolated from uh a re- the rest of the movie which on the whole i thought was pretty enjoyable and definitely better than the outsiders and then our last hurrah before school started uh went to the poconos with some of my my close friends uh that was a lot a lot of fun not a lot to say uh we got a broken hot tub and a really interesting log cabin sort of log cabin it was it was a very like clashing of eras like we had more modern like new york apartment type showers and toilets with automated bidets but then like just straight up like central pennsylvania hunting cabins with like i don't know whatever you're picturing as hunting cabin it was that like it was really really weird how those two things clashed it's clear that they were trying to update it but like still definitely in a transition period but but yeah we just kind of spent the time out on the lake and it was really fun got to got to pedal boat got the paddle boat got to paddle board Got to float along, got to eat some gum beers and drink a lot of soda and stay up really late. And uh, all of that was a lot of fun. I had a really great time. And then, yeah, it was all brought to a pretty swift end because school's back in session. I'm recording this after school currently, and I have school tomorrow, obviously. So that's... I was going to say it sucks, but it, it sucked for, like, the first two days, but it's not that bad now. I'm I'm kind of settling in, and, you know, it was weird. It sort of felt like, you know, it's been ten years now. I'm a, I'm a sophomore. Uh, so it kind of more felt less, less like a, this is such a drastic change for my life, and I don't want to go back. And more like a, well, I guess this is what I have to do now. Because, you know, it's just sort of become routine. Uh, it's been as long that I've been in school as it has been between my two roller skating uh, escapades, so, yeah, there's that, but, other than that, I think this is about where I leave you, um, about where I sign off, press stop on that whole record button, before I get out of here, I got a few quick things to say, one, if you like Rocky, definitely get to watching all the movies on Netflix, because my father and I have been slowly working our way through Rocky 1 through five uh listen i already know what i'm getting in with getting into with five so yeah i'm not exactly looking forward to it we might even skip it i don't know we'll see it might be fun to just kind of laugh at but uh but yeah they're all on netflix so we have been watching them together rocky one and rocky two listen you already know they're pretty great uh that's what we're up to now we we were up to two so we got three four and five to go uh five uh five and four oddly are definitely the ones i remember the most vividly i don't know if i've ever seen three so i'm gonna get some refreshers and then uh we'll see how i feel about three but uh i wanted to document all this 
in a two-part podcast episode, so I think five movies is a little bit too much to squeeze into one podcast. Uh, I know I tend to run a little bit long, even like episodes like this one where I'm trying to be pretty efficient because I know I got a lot to cover. Uh, so I, I'm going to split it up. So I'm going to do Rocky 2 and, and Rocky 1 in in the first part of this episode, and then in the second part we're going to cover 3 through 5. Uh, I'm sure you're probably wondering what about Balboa. It's not on Netflix and I don't feel like buying it, so maybe some other time. Uh, but but with that, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. Uh, but next episode, definitely look forward to Rocky and Rocky Two. All right. So if you enjoyed the show and you uh, wanna wanna tell me that you enjoyed it, definitely leave a review. Uh, maybe tell a friend if you want. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe you are big into recommending podcasts to your friend, I would definitely recommend that you recommend this podcast to one of your friends. Um, if you've done all that, maybe you could uh, send me some feedback. I'm at Movies and More Pod on Instagram, or if you want to hit me up personally, gvandrioli1 also on Instagram. You can email the show at moviesandmorepod uh, at gmail.com. And other than that, I just would like to say thank you for listening, and uh, don't get scissors stuck to your hands.